Okay, I won't keep you too long this week. Oh yeah, hi, Kayana here. <laughs> and of course, before I even get started, I just want to say that Of Music and Men is a story. The last few episodes have not been part of that story. It's just been my updates, somewhat stream of consciousness, but don't judge me. So anyway, things have remained super busy on my end with writing and with meetings. So first, I'll tell you about the writing. Now, although you know that the main portions of the show for Music and Men, of the story rather, for Music and Men are written, and they have been written for well over a year now, probably actually longer than that if you say uh, the TV episodes, but the, the novella part that we pretty much have the experience for here, those have been written for over a year, and I don't have to write those. But when it comes to the cold opens, those that first few minutes before we jump into each story that you hear every week, those cold opens, I like them to be timely. I like to talk about something that may, not super timely, but something that may be going on in the world right now or just the way I'm feeling right now. And uh, hopefully it translates into some feelings that you may be having at the moment. So I have to write those relatively close to when I record uh, the rest of the story. But because I was focused on some other writing during the quarantine, which I'll tell you about in a minute, I was not writing those cold opens and thus not recording episodes for you. Just being transparent. So now you at least know that I had good reason for not giving you the story you check in for every week over the last probably, what, seven, eight weeks now has been <laughs> since um, the end of episode two, uh, the series of episodes that make up episode two. There we go with that again. But anyway... I am not sorry. Sorry, but not sorry, uh, because some pretty cool stuff has been happening. So I applied for, I'll tell you, one of those things. I applied for an arts grant that I plan to use to help out with this project specifically. And guess what? Well, I'm telling you about it because I want it. So I wish I had like a round of applause uh, <laughs> sound effect to go underneath this, but um Probably wouldn't play it anyway because I haven't gotten the money, but at least I've gotten notification that I've won it. So I'm going to look out for that. But I really, really wanted to tell you about that because it was super important. Um, so I really want to use it to continue to grow this project, not just the, the uh, podcast part, but actually the novella part, too, is super important. Also, uh, I've been focused on writing this TV pilot. I think I mentioned it a few times, but didn't go into detail. I'll go into a little bit of detail now. So it's a TV pilot that I developed a couple of years ago, but never sat down to actually write it simply because, um, honestly, sometimes as a writer, I, I don't know if other writers feel this way, but sometimes you may have an idea that, you know, you need to put in a little bit more work. You need a little, a few more reps uh, before you can lift it. I always like to equate it to working out. You might want to go in and lift 50 pounds, but you may not do that the first day. The first day you might go in and you could only lift lift five pounds. But you keep coming back every day. You you know, the next day it'll be 10, the next day it'll be 15, or the next week it'll be 15, uh, 20 pounds until you work up to that goal of 50. And that's kind of how I felt about this particular story, this particular script, the characters. Uh, I wrote out the, um, the TV Bible, and I mentioned what that is before, but it's just a document that explains everything about the show. I actually wrote that out a couple of years ago, but never even put pen to pad or fingers to keyboard for the actual script because I knew I was like, you know, not there yet. 
I know what I want this to be, not there yet. So I'm not even going to butcher it. I'm going <laughs> to, you know, and some people feel different. They want to butcher the first draft. And then I, I just didn't feel that way about this one. So anyway, it's called Reaper. And if you follow me on social media, you might have seen me posting a little bit about it this week, but uh, I haven't posted everything about it. So the series is meant to entertain you, of course, in a similar way as the shows Lucifer and Sleepy Hollow with a little bit of Ghost Whisperer. Those were my intentions there. But someone who read it actually told me that they even kind of had this feeling of like a little bit of minority report in it um, or person of interest. And I can see that because it has this this kind of tech undertone to it um, where the main character can have an ability to see something or retrieve something before it happens and she's able to act before it happens. But anyway... Uh, either way, <laughs> these are all super successful properties that I foresee myself manifesting. Honestly, I'm not even gonna gonna lie. I actually foresee it happening. Um, where this project is along those lines, you know, something like that. So I've mentioned it a couple of times over the last few weeks in these updates without giving you much detail. So here's what the story is about. After being demoted. From her job as the Grim Reaper, Death uses her unearthly powers to exact vigilante justice for the soon-to-be-dead. That's what you call a logline. Um, look, in the biz, we call that the logline. No, it's it's a um, an official term for just like a really short kind of sexy synopsis about the project, and that's the logline for it. So. The thing about my writing is I tend to focus on, uh, this is where my strength lies. Uh, I tend to focus on female-driven drama, sometimes dramedy, like with this of music and men, with existential undertones that puts an unusual or a very unexpected woman at the center. So with this, as you can see, Death herself uh, is actually the main character. Um with this project, I actually wanted to accomplish the very same goal, uh, as I mentioned, what my mission is, the very same goal of putting a you know female-driven or a female at the center of um, something unexpected with some existentialism sprinkled all throughout it. So the goal was to do that with this, but I wanted to give you a little bit of fantasy and a little bit of crime. Uh, honestly, that was to challenge me to put a similar female that I would normally write for something else, put her uh, or make her someone a little extraordinary, not just a woman, but an extraordinary type of woman with different abilities. And it was really, really fun to write. I It was super fun to write. One of the, I was about to say funnest, with kind of <laughs> and I'm a writer, right? One of the most fun things I've ever written. And um, yeah, so that's part of what I've been focused on. So the thing is, I believe that um, the best stories they actually don't come from having all the answers because Lord knows I don't. But I believe they actually come from asking the questions, asking the right questions. And the reason why I say that is because this story came to me uh, probably about a decade ago. Not the, not the story, but the idea that I should write a story along these lines came about a, about a decade ago. And I, it was when I had a near, near-death experience. It wasn't a near-death experience, but it was a near, near-death experience. And uh, I've shared this with the people on Patreon a couple of months ago. So if you're not a patron, go to patreon.com slash of music and men to get 
you know, stories like this super early or at all, because I didn't plan on sharing it here, but I'll share a little bit here uh, to make it sort of short and to the point. But Reaper came about, my, my thoughts about a Reaper at all came about um, probably about 10 years ago when I first moved. I'm from D.C., still live in D.C. And I live in a neighborhood in D.C. that is probably one of the more challenging neighborhoods in the city. Uh, and I'm trying to choose the right word, but it's it's not the best when it comes to crime or <laughs> uh, being a quiet neighborhood. I wouldn't necessarily uh, categorize it as that. And one night I was not long after I moved here. Um, I was sitting on the couch chatting with a friend in the living room. And all of a sudden I heard it was like a gunfight. I mean, it was like, you know, okay corral type stuff, some Western type stuff outside. Like, and we live um, on a corridor. I, I mean, on a, um, on like a corner, like an intersection. And this was maybe 30, 30 feet, 30 yards, maybe not 30 feet, but 30 yards away from where I actually was, where the bullets were flying and all of that. So of course, delay reaction, I, I jump on the floor and um, don't come up until the bullets, until the shooting stops. So the shooting stops, I get up. And I realized that right where I was sitting, a bullet had come straight through our window and had lodged itself into the wall across the across the house. And it was like, I mean, had I been still sitting there, I, it was maybe a few inches above my head. But just the idea that it, you were that close to, and it was a big bullet. Someone, I think because the, the police had to come in and actually retrieve it, uh, allegedly for evidence. I have no idea, but it was, you know, they came and got it. And I heard him mention that it was probably a nine millimeter. I'm not a gun person, at least not yet. Guns, you know, that's a whole other story. But nine millimeter, if I'm not mistaken, this was a pretty big, pretty big bullet. It looked like it could have been the circumference of maybe a nickel. Um, it was it was a pretty big bullet. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that to say if if that would have hit me in the back of the head, I don't know. I don't know how that you 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 stay here after something like that. But stranger things have happened. But the point is, after that, I started thinking pretty much what I just said, which is, had I been hit, um, my thought was, would I have known earlier that day that it was the end, that the end was coming? How how soon in advance would I have known? Or does anyone know? Do they have a feeling that it's almost the end? Um, I don't know. It, it just was a lot of thoughts that came and I, you know, started thinking about death, probably also because my grandmother, who's very close to me, died that uh, that same year. So it was just a lot of death thoughts. But again, in, in creating characters and creating unique stories or at least trying to create something that may not have been seen in a certain way before, um, the goal with this was to not not necessarily change your perception of death but give it give you a different feeling about it because i don't have a negative feeling about death a lot of us as humans we're scared of death um we don't want it we want to push it off or postpone it uh even even, even though we may say that we believe in god we tend to pray that he, god whether he or she 
could stave off death for a loved one. A loved one is in, in the hospital dying and it's like the prayer is don't take them. But it's like, why? If that was, you know, God's will. But not to get too much into that. My point is, um, with this story, I wanted to kind of explore the, the, explore the life-death continuum. Like, what is life and death? And how does that uh, play into our everyday lives and all of that? It is, it's a pretty fascinating story that I wrote to entertain you. But within it, it will definitely ask many of those uh, hard questions that we either ignore or just simply don't want to think about. So um, one of the people that I got to meet and talk to this past week uh, was Teresa Juan. She currently writes for SEAL Team on CBS. Now, she said, you know, she's a great writer. And she said that as writers, now I'm not quoting, this is just paraphrasing. As writers, we have the power to change hearts and minds. Uh, Most people learn or are introduced to new things because of what they saw on TV. We create legacy. Um, And the thing is, when she was talking about that, I had never thought of that thought of writing that way before but she made it and she said it in such a way that made me feel like okay what we're doing is we're doing the lord's work <laughs> i mean we're doing something really important by being writers because um you know sometimes we can feel like we're not doing enough when the world is changing around us and um uh, especially when you're sitting around writing and other people may be doing something different but um that really changed my per- perspective um about a lot of things so of course reaper uh, the TV show is entertainment. But within the macro story of that, uh, we have a chance to introduce you to people you might not have otherwise gotten to see represented and stories that you might not otherwise even know about or have even thought about before. And this is with all art, if you know, if that's the artist's intention, which, of course, it is mine. So with this, I want you to have fun with this series when it eventually ultimately becomes a series. But I also intend to open hearts with it. Um, And that's what I want to do with all of my writing. So Reaper actually helped me win my first writing contest. Uh, Not my first writing contest ever, but just its first writing contest. Uh, Well, the first one of the year. Um, Now, I won't say which one because they haven't announced it yet, uh, but it was really cool. So once they announce it, of course, I'll tell everybody about it. But I'll talk about this, you know soon on the podcast, hopefully, if it's within the next week. And also, it has this TV, this Reaper TV show has actually played, uh, well, script, has actually played an integral part in facilitating what looks to be a very important relationship to my career. So I'm going to make this really, really long story extremely, extremely short. Vera Herbert is the executive producer of a show called This Is Us. Most of you, I'm pretty sure, uh, (laughs) have heard of This Is Us, even if you don't watch it. So it's arguably like the biggest scripted broadcast show in the U.S. right now. So anyway, she was online looking to help out Black writers because, well, Hollywood sucks when it comes to voices of color in the room. So I sent her my info and my script. She thought it would be a good idea to introduce me to Mark Goffman. Um, executive producer. Now I'm saying random names. So Mark Goffman is the executive producer of like a million things. And most recently his work, you could see his work on 
The Umbrella Academy, which is on Netflix right now. And I even told him, like, when, when that came out, I'm a big Ellen Page fan. And when it came out last year, I, like, binged the whole thing in, within a few days. So uh, I'm very familiar with that show. It's pretty cool. It's about this superhero-type family. And that's all I'll say. It's, it's like a family of adopted superheroes. It's pretty cool. Um, so anyway, Mark and I got the chance to have a great conversation. He read the script and wanted to talk. And guys, he wanted to help assist out. So <laughs> again, if I had a, an applause sound effect, I'd play it right here. And this is, uh, which, you know, as you guys know, that's all I need right now. Honestly, like, that's all I need right now. Someone who believes in me, who can help move the needle. Because if you know me, you know I've been working toward my goal of being an influential storyteller for years now. And so um, it's really hard to do anything on your own. But what you do is you just you keep doing your thing. And this is just my belief. The universe will make room for people to come in and play a role where they're, need, they're needed. Uh, and so anyway, Mark and I um, got the chance to, to sit down and talk about things. And so this, this goes to show you that you never really know how or when something will happen that really can change the whole complexion of your situation. Here I am dreaming of having a mentor like all year, like thinking about it. And um, I would never have expected it to come to me in this form. Uh, I watch Mark's shows. I've watched them. If you Google Mark, uh, you will probably have watched something he's been a part of. It's been a lot of great stuff. And which actually also includes Sleepy Hollow. And it's so funny because Sleepy Hollow, I, I watched it when it was on back in like 2016, uh, 20, probably 15, I think, 16 and 17, something like that. And I actually went back this year on Hulu and rewatched all of those episodes to kind of prep me for the feeling I wanted to have with Reaper. Uh, some of the the history that that has more history than I want to do, but it's it's definitely still along the same lines. But he was an executive producer for that show for the first two years. And, you know, those were the first it was only three years. And those were the best. The two years were like, you know, spot on the best ones. Uh, and I'm not just saying that, like, seriously, they were. But I'm sitting there watching this guy's shows, not even knowing that the guy behind it would be championing championing me at some point later, you know, in the year, months later. So it's kind of funny. Anyway, the moral of the story is keep going. Like, I don't have any fancy thing to tell you about this. Just keep going. Like, whatever it is you're doing, just keep doing it. I'll be recording new episodes this week for Music and Men. Um, the plan is to give you one more Q&A next week. I have some questions that people want the answers to, so I will be answering those. This probably, funny enough, probably would have been episode three's Q&A, but because I've been, like, <laughs> not putting out episodes, I have other questions that need to be answered. Um, so, and then the week after that, I'm going to give you a recap episode because it's been hella long since we even heard from episode two. You might need a refresher. Granted, you can go back and listen, but I'm not even going to put that on you. Just going to give you, like, a quick, recap episode um, to prep you for episode three. And the week after that, inshallah, I'll be back with the with um the first part of episode three. 
Run to Daylight is the name of episode three. And it has uh, sports undertones. And it talks about some of the parallels between sports and life. I love it. It's probably my favorite episode of all 12. So it'll be a super fun read, a super fun production, I'll say. But anyway, lastly, I have to say, don't forget to get your copy of episode one and two, but specifically episode two, if you have already gotten episode one. Episode two is nothing but a number. Go to amusicandmen.com and you can get that for any price that you want to give. Even if that price is zero, I am still willing to give it to you. Now, how nice is that? Like, I'm just trying to be nice. But anyway, go to amusicandmen.com to learn more. That's it for me. Music credits are in the show notes. You can learn more about this music, the musician, um, by going to the show notes. Support the music, support the musicians that are helping out with this. And I will see you next week. <music>